this is my this is my vision. What if a building program could be like a giant vacation Bible school, an event where we we rallied together and felt the Spirit of God, and we were really truly want to advance the gospel. Everybody took their masks off and become very very transparent, and we got to the core issues of moving a ministry forward. And whether that takes a building or takes some some other things in terms of programming, but if we're able to do that, that's what I want to see happen. Welcome to Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. And I'm excited about our guest today. I'm excited for a lot of reasons, most notably because he's a man of God, he's a believer, and he's in a real unique industry that I think many of you are going to want to hear about. So join me in welcoming Todd Brown. He's the CEO at Brown Church Development Group. Todd, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Steve. I'm uh, delighted to be here. And the thing that I'm most excited about, of course, I'm excited about everything you are and what you do. But in reading your bio, I found out that you're a football grad from the University of Nebraska. All rise. <laughs> yeah, bleeding Husker red. Absolutely. I love it. So what years did you play at Nebraska? I played from uh, 1978 to 1982, kind of back in the glory years yes. uh, with Dr. Tom Osborne. What what a man, right? Yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing man of God. Did you get involved in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes there at school, or were you already? I did. Uh, I actually was one of the founders of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at the University of Nebraska campus. Great. Um, and uh, it was, it, yeah, it was awesome. Well, Dr. Osborne is a man of faith too, right? Absolutely. That's did a lot of speaking engagements with uh, with Coach uh, on behalf of uh, our Lord and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's really good. And you probably have a lot of stories to tell about life with, with a coach. You know, uh, he was just, uh, one of those guys that every every time you were around him, if you uh, if you listened, you were going to learn something. He that's just, amazing. He's an awesome, very wise man. Do you think it's a, a lot of that's given to his faith? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He was a, a man of God. He he was uh, very soft spoken, but very uh, intentional about everything that he did. And mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a great education you could get just from hanging out with the guy. You know, I was with him for uh, you know the whole five years that I was there, and I never heard him say anything harsh at all wow. uh, to anyone. He just he just didn't have to he didn't have to do that. That's unusual for a football coach. Yeah, and and what was amazing is you know he would uh, when he would speak, people would strain and just lean in to hear him. Uh, they they cared what he thought. That's amazing. We can all learn from that type of leadership, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Todd, I'd like you to tell me about your company. It's Brown Church Development Group. So it's obvious that you're involved in an industry to help churches grow and develop uh, into the future. Tell me about your company. Well, my my vision is to uh, get a group of of companies together with their sole purpose being uh, gospel advancement. Uh, I I started out in the construction industry, um, and and, uh, my dad had a construction company. And as as uh, as God would have it, I, I found myself doing a lot of churches because I knew a lot of pastors and a lot of people through Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And, you know, really the vision that God gave me was to have a group of companies 
uh, it, with multiple disciplines that you could integrate together and uh, help churches through a very difficult time of expanding facilities or even determining if they should even expand facilities. So uh, over, you know, over the uh, several decades here, we've been, we've been doing this and I think we're getting uh, better at it and always striving to get, uh, you know, advanced uh, what we, what we do. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, I, I try to take what, what I've learned over the years and, and apply it uh, and, and share it with a lot of people. Well, I read an interesting piece of research just the other day, and nothing to do with this interview, but it it popped up in, in some research on oh, the state of pastors and pastoring. And there was like a, a, a set of data that said over 80% of pastors want to quit being a pastor after a building program. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The average, uh, the average lifespan of a, of a pastor after a building program is 18 months in that, in that church. So um, it's almost like the, um, you pack your bags if you're building because, you, you know, on average, you're only going to stay there another 18 months. Well, that seems like a big call out for your group then. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, that, you know, we wanted to ask questions of why is that happening. Yes. And do research on it and, and uh, set up a program that would keep that from happening. So tell me about it. What, what, do you, what do you think it is? Why do pastors want to run when it's finished? It's just a lot of opinions and cross-purpose? Yeah. You know, we... Um, here's what, you know, we just waded into water as a contractor trying to do this. And, um, since, you know, since we started, we have actually under our discover phase of what we do, we started a company called Fishnet Solutions. And it, it's a combination of the things that, uh, we've learned over, uh, several years, which really the starting point is to discover, uh, where you're at in ministry uh, both from a health uh, standpoint, a point, uh, from a what are the people feeling uh, standpoint, what is the, uh, you know, breaking down all the components of the facility, uh, your site, and do a study and gather uh, good, competent information that becomes a decision-making matrix for, uh, for, for churches. I mean, I, I run into churches all the time that are struggling with multitude of of uh, questions: Do we stay at this site? Do we go to another site? How many people can 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 we fit on this site? Uh, are we healthy enough to build? How much can we? I mean, I go on and on and on, mm -hmm. and we we actually have what we call a growth positioning study. We call it a GPS, and the reason we use GPS is is because uh, what a GPS does is it it understands where you're at. And then you have to tell it where you want to go. So like in your car, you have a GPS system. It'll find where you're at, and you tell the car where, or the GPS where you want to go, and then it'll give you multiple paths. And that's really what the study is supposed to do. Well, I— about 10, Go ahead. Yeah, about 10% about of the uh, churches that we, that we work with don't even need a facility, uh, don't even need to expand their facilities. How do you help then? Well, um, we, we, we look at the things that are really holding back ministry. Okay. It might be their health. It might be that they don't understand the culture uh, mm -hmm. in their area. Uh, we, we assess what their people are experiencing in ministry life. And just take a look at all of those things and um, give an assessment based on that. Some of them have organizational problems. They're, 
um, we, we do we do several diagnostic things that, that find out how they're performing in terms of uh, certain areas of ministry, and then we give them a prescription uh, to uh, to overcome those those limitations. What do you believe? I've read so many different reports on this about capacity of a building versus percentage on attendance. Like eighty percent of of the seats are taken. Is that is that the time when you really start thinking about it or planning, or is it too late? What's the number that you've heard that you believe? Yeah, we see that uh, that that is that you know that's kind of an industry standard, an eighty percent that your your church is going to bump up, and you can go over the eighty percent, but people won't won't stay in it very long. But I think there's other there's other dynamics that are going on. Sometimes a facility can be so incredibly awkward in terms of its wayfind is its wayfinding or or the uh, natural path of a facility that could be so complicated that that just becomes a, a real irritant to ministry life. So you're talking so, about flow, congregational flow through the building? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, flow of the flow of the building. Okay. I mean, the building might might have a have a good capacity, and maybe it isn't at eighty percent, but um, it can be so awkward that it actually uh, can make. Uh, the outreach awkward, and, and here's something mm-hmm. that we're finding. We we do a we do a health survey, organizational health survey, and one of the things that we check is loving relationships. Well, I can I, I pretty much every time I go to a church that is chaotic in its design and its wayfinding and how you get around the building, I find that it puts stresses on relationships, and that's that that is uh, shown. In the studies that we that we do, that's amazing, Todd. I've never heard that. It is, yeah, it's crazy. The people hmm. are are feeling they're being impacted by the facility uh, that that they're in. So, uh, there are people that I know. I've pastored a long time. I've had a lot of experience inside of the church. I think people really don't like to sit close together to each other. You know, they don't want to be bumping elbows and stuff. And I think pews being replaced with nice little soft chairs really kind of force us on top of each other. What What have you studied on that? How do you design the inside seating? Well, you know, inside and seating is just one of the things. We're, we're not, you know, unless it's very intentional, we're, we're usually not putting uh, pews uh, in or even that many fixed uh, seating back in. If mm-hmm. it's a large auditorium, uh, the sanctuaries will have a um, you know some auditorium style seats. Right, theater Sometimes seats. They want the yeah they want the flexible uh, they want the flexible uh, seating so they they like the chairs. Um, but I think that you know we're just seeing all kinds of new trends. Um, that the the lobby today is becoming uh, the new fellowship hall. Really, tell me more uh, about that. Well, uh, again, with your whole hospitality program, is as churches, uh, people come into the church, uh, you want to have a, a great first impression. Um, unfortunately, they say you got uh, under ten minutes to make that first impression, and people are going to decide whether they're going to come back or not in, in right away. And so, if you don't have uh, the appropriate space, you know, in your in your lobby, and it's Maybe completely foreign to them, um, that 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 can be a real a real big deterrent. So we're we're designing uh, lobby space to be very relational, very um, you know areas where you can get something to drink and you can sit down and you can have uh, connection with people. 
Um, in fact, again, this is another thing. When you don't have those spaces, when we poll the people and ask them how well connected they are to other people, uh, it, 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 uh, it does reflect the building. Um, if you don't have any relational space, it's very difficult for these people, uh, new people, to get connected. It's like that opening area when you open the door of your home. What, what, where do people stand when they first come in your door, and how do you make them feel? Yeah, exactly. And what, what, what's really bad is a lot of uh, churches, um, it's kind of like walking right into their bedroom. Right. And, and, and it's awkward. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just really awkward. And everybody's kind of standing around, and you, you're thinking through yourself to yourself, I, I, did they not expect anybody to come in this way? Uh, <laughs> That's it, it, good. This, this is just this is just really awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know those kind of people, if they're not churched at all, uh, they're they're back out the door going, "Why that, that was a weird experience." I, I I don't know. I felt like I was in their bedroom. Wow. Tell me uh, uh, just a couple other trends. Say some of the big things that you're seeing now, the real hot and current. Some of the buildings you're currently building now. What are churches wanting? What are you seeing? You know, again, the the, uh, the open entry with lots of uh, the ability to see in that that seems to be with with uh, our, our um, architectural team. Uh, that's they're they're trying to get it open, spacious coffee shops, um, and and the lobby is being used for a multitude of things. Uh, fellowship dinners for gathering space for uh, even spaces where people do baptism have a special wow. uh, area to baptize um, small groups. So you're talking there. about a lobby big enough for a fellowship dinner? That's huge. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm, it's that, that big. That's really the trend, and and the quote fellowship hall uh, is kind of. Um, I mean, there's churches that still have them, but it. it Right now, it's just seeming like the everything out in front is is very very effective. Where's the kitchen? Um, it, it becomes more of a catering kitchen. Uh, okay. You set it up. Uh, you're bringing food out in a in a buffet line. So there's no real yeah, cooking in the in the church. And, and no, and the larger churches are, are you know having complications with even doing the old potlucks uh, because of uh, you know different health uh, right. threats that that might be. That, All right, so uh, everyone's catering. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, uh, smaller churches are still doing the potlucks, and they'll probably continue in the smaller areas, but the bigger cities are, are moving more towards a, uh, towards a catering. So lobby areas is big, and then, and, you know, just all the changes in the, in the worship space. And, mm-hmm. Tell uh, us a little bit about the—tell me about the platform. There's so much—I'm hearing from the millennials that uh, they pick a church based on what that platform looks like, I and mean, that's important to them. As they yeah, they don't want anything that looks old school. Yeah, and 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 you know I think the thing with the worship spaces is they got to be flexible. Even the platforms have got to be very flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the trends, uh, the changing with the lighting and how how we're using the lighting to really uh, decorate the the space um, in environmental projection on the walls. Meaning, uh, you, you can shine images on the walls and change the feel uh, in the space. It's just uh, mm-hmm. incredible what uh, what's happening in the in the worship spaces. You have a beautiful uh, church platform and background on your website. Uh, is that lighting, or, the, or is, it, is it literally built in? No, that that was uh, environmental uh, projection. 
Wow. Uh, you know, I've, we've got several of them, but I think the one, uh, we've got one of them, it looks like water dro- uh, dro- um, coming out of the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was I see one a, with Yahweh uh, on it, on one of the, the, yeah, the signs. Yeah, that's, a, that's the same one. Okay. And they, can, they can change the environment with uh, just with the click of a finger. That's nice. So you can literally change it from one song to the next. Yeah, yeah. And you, you can use it then when you're preaching. You can put something in the background or change the theme if it's Easter or Christmas or whatever. Uh, it's a new way of decorating, and you can lay over that uh, words and, and music uh, uh, to music. So it's, so it's pretty cool technology. There's so much going on, and it's even more of a reason why uh, church builders or congregations that are getting large enough for a new facility really need help. And you've created these integrated companies. And uh, give us one or two more of the thoughts on why you can really make a difference for them. Well, I think I think the the, um, the biggest challenge is to stay focused in ministry um, as you're as you're trying to get something physical and teaming up with a uh, with with an architect who understands ministry and uh, and a consultant. Uh, ministry consultant, which which uh, I would I would be in fishnet, um, a ministry consultant that really gets it and can can communicate in an architectural language uh, to the architect, and uh, then having a competent building, you know that that's where we started in this business with a construction company, mm-hmm. competent builders that uh, are going to uh, do this in a in a way that the church is getting the greatest value. Um, Integrating those, and, and, and typically in the world, uh, the architect and the builder are in a hostile situation right. stuck together and uh, having a team approach. And I think that's, you know, um, you either love them or you hate them at the University of Nebraska. But what I did learn from Coach Osborne, wherever you're at, if you believe red, probably Husker fan. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But what I, learned, what I learned is that team is powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can integrate a team that has a ministry focus and truly, truly, truly wants to advance the gospel, uh, it can be a, it can be a, a, an unbelievable experience for a church. And the church can actually uh, go to the complete next level in terms of ministry if they do it right. But unfortunately, across our country, and this is indicative of why pastors are leaving after building programs, is they are so hostile, and everybody's lawyered up, and everybody's doing things the way the world does them, um, and it just takes its toll on the church. Yes, and, sir, you've uh, made that, that clear. That, yeah, that that is not that is not a good thing. So, I, I've seen people, I've seen congregations and people as a church, and again, I'm I've been around, and as you have, I have seen so many people just leave a church as soon as a building program's announced. They don't want to go through it. Yeah, and, and and that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, that is just a shame because it really, uh, you know, <laughs> see, this is my this is my vision. What if a building program could be like a giant vacation Bible school, an event where we we rallied together and felt the spirit of God, and we were really truly want to advance the gospel. Everybody took their masks off and become very very transparent. And we got to the core issues of moving a ministry forward. 
And whether that takes a building or takes some, some other things in terms of programming. But if we're able to do that, that's what I want to see happen. Uh, at Amen. Church that's a really good way to wind up this podcast. But just before I let you go, an, an important part of what you do is to advance the gospel. And it, how have you as a man of God really seen uh, people brought to the Lord through a building program or through your great mission and your, your desire, your mission statement, to advance the gospel? How how do you do it in the work that you do? Well, um, what I tell my team is, is, is if people have breath in them, they're fair game for the gospel. Amen. And so really what I want to see is I want to see excellence all the way through with our with our staff but then, um, and, 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 and try to wind, uh, drill down and figure out how does this church, what's the very heartbeat of this church, how do they want to advance the gospel, and then align ourselves with them to, to do that. And one, we see all kinds of things, from city officials coming to know the Lord, of plumbers giving their life to Christ as a result of just rubbing mm-hmm. shoulders with uh, you know, either our superintendent or one of our staff, um, we're seeing we're seeing people sacrificially give and watch God do. Uh, Amen. I mean, man, this is it, I, just just two nights ago. God did an absolute miracle in in a church, um, and I got to witness uh, God knocking down some financial barriers in a, in a church, and they've been stuck for several years, and and God just just knocked them down. I love and it. So. Uh, you know, that's just a, what a privilege it is yes. to, to be a part of that. Tell me what the Lord's showing you these days. What are what are you studying? What is your prayer life? What what do you think about this economy? Well, um, you know, what God is showing me is that um, I I desperately need a savior. No, oh, man. And that uh, we are we are just a broken people. Yes. Um, that. You know, I, I, I'm I'm feeling more like one beggar showing another beggar where the food is. Wow! And um, it, it's 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 just amazing. I've been a Christian for a long, long time. Uh, taught the Word of God, uh, preached the Word of God, but God is is just really uh, impressing on me my need for grace. Amen. And it's it's humbling, brother. That'll preach. Do you have any last words for our audience and and really just anything that's on your mind relative to your company or to your faith or to the Huskers, anything that you'd like to say as we wrap up? Uh, you know, I, w- I would love the opportunity to help as many people as I, as I can, so that, that's why I'm doing this. Um, my my uh, greatest privilege in life is to, is to preach the gospel Amen. and to uh, do whatever I can uh, to partner with our Lord to, to advance that agenda. And so, if you know, if there are people that are listening to this that uh, um, feel like they might be stuck, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to help them. Well, tell us how to contact you on your website, or what's the best way to reach you at your company? Yeah, the, the, probably the best way to, to, to reach us is go to churchdevelopment.net, and um, you're going to see uh, the group of companies. And there's uh, contact information, and we've got some free downloads uh, that people can download information and, and learn a little bit more at, at that at that website. Okay, again, that's churchdevelopment.net. You've been listening to Todd Brown. First of all, Todd, thank you very much for 
uh, expressing your faith today. Uh, thank you for being such a great football player at Big Red. We appreciate your good years of wide receiving for the Huskers. And mostly just who you are and for joining our network today. God bless you and thanks. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Charisma Connection. This is Steve Green on the Charisma Podcast Network. God bless you all. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.